And welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of The Last Yard with your host, Jamar Hawkins. So on today's show, we'll be talking with Ocean Lakes defensive back Tavion Tank Land. Uh, he's a University of Maryland football commit. So we'll get his thoughts on what's going on with the Maryland uh, Terps program right now. I was kind of in disarray. So just want to see how that kind of will affect his recruiting decision. Um, we'll also be discussing the fourth annual Legacy Bowl. Uh, we'll be able to see what players can register uh, through our 64 Sports website. The players that are on the watch list for each senior game, and what players will need, uh, what players will actually need to participate in the event. Uh, so we look forward to discussing that as an uh, inaugural event uh, for I-64 Sports. Um, just a real great, great, great event we expect it to be. So um, just stay tuned. We'll be talking about that. We'll also be discussing the college football top four. Uh, of course, we have Alabama, the defending national champs, unbeaten 8-0, leading at the top. Uh, who else? Well, the three schools will be joining them. So we'll be talking that today. Uh, in, in NFL news, uh, who the hell is Nick Mullins? And why is he somebody that's headline news today? Um, we'll be discussing him and how he became, uh, might just be your new starter in San Francisco. Um, also, moving on, NBA news. We're talking previously unbeaten Milwaukee. Uh, they failed to Boston last night. Uh, Kyrie coming off a 30-point game after cutting the little Kobe fro. He had another big game last night. Uh, Giannis, who had missed the previous uh, Bucks win over the Raptors, he came back last night. Uh, had another monster game, but it just wasn't enough to defeat the Celts. So uh, we'll be talking that. And maybe, 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 even though the Bucks lost, why Giannis is still the MVP frontrunner. Uh, so stay tuned, stay locked. This is The Last Yard with Jamar Hawkins. So starting off in the NFL, we have Thursday night football. And man, my man Nick Mullins, my man Nick Mullins came from nowhere. Uh, if you don't know Nick Mullins, hey, join the club. Nobody did before last night. Uh, but he is the backup's backup for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he's replacing the backup who's already replacing starter Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. Uh, and he had himself a game last night against the Raiders. Uh, finished with six, 16 of 22 for 262 yards passing, three touchdowns, no INTs, passer rating of 151.9. Uh, guys, that is the best passer rating by a 49ers quarterback since 1970. Wow. So you got a 49ers program that has seen uh, the likes of Steve Young, Joe Montana, uh, just a whole, you know, Jeff Garcia, just a lot of guys that have come through the past and He's the, he's has the best passer rating since one you know since 1970. So that you know that's amazing. Uh, he's also the first player since Marcus Mariota to throw for three or more touchdowns in his first start. Uh, the other two were Mark Bolger and Ryan Fitzbeast. I'm sorry, Beast Patrick. Uh, so we'll kind of see we'll see how Mullins is able to parlay this showing uh, last night. But man, was that a, an impressive game? Uh, he's also the first player in 49ers history to throw three touchdowns in his first game with a team, man. So, hey, give that man drop a flex bomb on him. He had himself a game last night. Um, and um, so if you've never heard of Nick Mullins, let's 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 do the rundown on him. Uh, he's a Southern Miss alum. Uh, so he comes from the same school as Brett Favre who ironically uh, texted him, you know, tweeted him before the game and, you know, called him after the game. Uh, he is the all-time leading passer for Southern Miss. 
Uh, he broke five, Brett Favre's record. Also, Austin Davis, who's now with the uh, Tennessee Titans. So he broke both of their passing records um, to become the all-time leading passer in Southern Miss. Uh, so it's not like the guy just doesn't have talent or, you know, we didn't know who he was, even though he was undrafted free agent uh, back in 2017. Uh, he's always had talent. So um, we definitely applaud him, you know, being able to take advantage of his chance to start last night against the Raiders, who... Uh, the Raiders just doesn't seem to want to be in the NFL this year, man. They're not they're not doing much. They're not competing. I believe they're at one and seven now. So they're they're definitely um, you know, grounds to be the worst team in the league right now. Um anytime you're losing to another horrible team, you know, in the 49ers, um, that speaks a lot of what you're trying to do. So um it's gonna be interesting to see like what is John Gruden? Like what is he doing with Oakland? Uh we all know he's on a 10-year deal, but um, you know, he's completely revamped things this year. He's traded away Khalil Mack. Uh, he's traded away Amari Cooper. It's like, um, you know, they're in rebuilding mode, clearly. They're clearly in rebuilding mode. So um, you definitely have to watch what John Gruden is doing over there with Oakland. Does he have a plan? Is there a method to the madness? You know, is, is there a method to the madness? Uh, he has a lot of first-round picks, and also he has his own. So I think Oakland has about, what, four or five first-round picks right now. Uh, so, but the thing is, you have to you have to nail those picks. And John Gruden doesn't have the you know the best track record when he's, when it comes to drafting players. Uh, really, he doesn't have the best track record coaching wise. So, um, hey man, he's kind of behind the eight ball right now. So we will see. All right, so moving over to the NBA, we had uh, the game of the night last night was Milwaukee seven and zero at the time traveling to Boston was five and two. Boston was a two and a half point favorite. Uh, going into last night contest. So, of course, Milwaukee was the last, uh, NBA's last unbeaten team. Uh, you had Kyrie, who was um, coming off a 30-point game, exactly cutting the Kobe fro. Uh, he tried to grow out during the offseason. You have uh, Kyrie facing a, you know, a, a good Milwaukee team led by Giannis. I won't even try to say his name. Um, just call him Greek Freak. Uh, he's averaging 25 points a game, 14 rebounds a game on 50% shooting. Uh, so, Definitely a viable MVP candidate at this point in the season, you know, although it's still early. Uh, we're not even, you know, 10th of the way through the games, but, you know, he will have to be up there in terms of MVP candidates. Um, he was, of course, returning to the Bucks after missing their win over the Raptors in the last game. Um, we know the history between these two teams. Uh, Boston has pretty much dominated at home against Milwaukee. They won uh, five of the six previous home games and. Um, you know, they included game seven last year in the postseason, which uh, Boston eliminated Milwaukee. Uh, so uh, last night game had a lot of implications, a lot of early implications in the Eastern Conference. Of course, they're jockeying for, you know, they're jockeying for that top spot over there, you know, with LeBron heading over to L.A. So the East is pretty much wide open right now. But, you know, if you're going to point to two teams that, you know, should be contenders throughout the year, uh, these two would be it. Um, and, man, we got to say uh, Boston continued its dominance last night with another home win over the, um, over Milwaukee. Uh, Kyrie Irving led the Celtics with 28 points. Um, they knocked down a franchise record, 25 three-pointers in the win. So now they are officially no unbeaten teams in the NBA. Um, another nice thing to see was Gordon, Gordon Haywood. He had a nice, nice overall game last night. Of course, we all know he's bouncing back from the injury last year. Uh, he finished with 18 points, which was second high in the Celtics, six rebounds, also second high on the team, and five assists. So all of those numbers were above his season, season averages. So it was nice to see Gordon have a good showing 
hopefully this to give him some momentum, uh, you know, during the rest of the year. Of course, Boston is looking to continue this winning streak they have recently, a four-game winning streak. Uh, they started out 2-2, two and two, so now they're 6-2. and two. Um, so, you know, you got right there at the top of the East, man. You got Boston, you got you got Toronto, you got Milwaukee, you got uh, Philly. Philly's brewing. Uh, so you got a lot of good teams, a lot of good teams jumbled up there in the East this year. So it'll be interesting, definitely interesting to see, you know, how things will shake out over there. Uh, but we fully expect Milwaukee to continue to be one of the top candidates. Uh, well, I'm sorry, Milwaukee be one of the top teams with one of the top MVP candidates in the league uh, with Giannis. So, um. You know, just despite the loss, though, man, can we can we really make an argument for Giannis leading the MVP race right now? Like, what what is the argument like right now? Uh, they lost their seven and one, of course. Uh, I think Toronto's also seven and one. You got Golden State, but they've also suffered suffered a loss uh, to Denver. Um, so you have all teams that they're, they're right there with one or two losses right now. Uh, you have Giannis, who's Hey, man, if you talk about anybody that could, you know, average a triple-double on a yearly basis, this would probably be that guy, um, you know, 25, 24, 25 years old, and he's not even – he's nowhere near his peak right now. Um, so is this the year that he finally takes that next step and, and uh, reaches his MVP uh, plateau, or it would be Anthony Davis? Um, of course, you got Steph Curry right now just playing out of his mind. He's averaging 33 points a game, uh, 55% from the field. Um, that's amazing. This guy's 6'3". He's averaging 55% from the field. Uh, he has the most three-pointers made throughout the first nine games in NBA history with 55. Of course, he had a 51-point effort in three quarters. So, I mean, the man is – Steph is balling. Um, but even with the loss to uh, Boston last night, you had the, uh, the Greek freak. He finished with 33 points on 59% shooting, 11 rebounds, and two assists. Uh, ironically, didn't have any blocked shots last night, uh, but he's at a he's close to about two blocks per game. Um, so you know he gives gives you to you in all areas. Uh, by the way, man, how comfortable are we calling another man a great freak? Are we are we comfortable calling him that? Uh, it kind of goes back to Kings of Comedy. Uh, I ain't really comfortable calling a grown man delicious. I'm definitely not comfortable calling a grown man a Greek freak. So from now on, we're going to call him just the Greek. All right. So Giannis, if you're listening, if you, if you ever tune in, man, you got a new name. It is the Greek. We won't be calling you the Greek freak. Uh, Jamar is definitely not comfortable calling another grown man that. But, you know, you are a great player. So we'll just stick with the Greek. All right. We'll stick with the Greek for now. But let's make the case for Giannis as the, um, as the MVP. Uh, he doesn't have a supporting cast like Steph, as we all know. Uh, anytime the Warriors can trot out four, four um, all-stars, they'll be able to five when uh, DeMarcus Cousins returns from injury. Uh, so it's just the supporting cast is not there for Giannis. You have a nice Chris Middleton. You have a nice Eric Bliss. So you have some nice pieces, um, Malcolm Brogdon. But you don't have that, um, you know, that all-star supporting cast like Steph. And Steph has re- revolutionized the game, um, you know, there's nobody that's, you know, he's the greatest shooter of all time. I think the argument has been made. Um, I don't even think it's an argument anymore. Um, he's, he's the greatest. He's the greatest shooter. Um, but when you talk about who you could potentially make an argument for, you kind of look the steps left. And you got his teammate over there. You got Clay Thompson. Uh, you know, so it's hard to, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to make the case for Steph. Um, and this always goes back to that debate. Um, it's always hard to make the, the, you know, the argument for Steph winning the MVP when he's playing with such a great team. Uh, you know, he has Kevin Durant, another 
another strong MVP candidate. Uh, you have Clay, you know, you know, one of the greatest shooters of all time as well. Um, you have Draymond, who's just a Swiss Army knife. He can do it all. You know, he's a great defender. So it's a lot of, um, you know, it's a lot of things that Steph doesn't necessarily have to do that, you know, Giannis does on a nightly basis. So I think right now if I had a vote, I think I would give it to Giannis. But again, it, we're, we're not even a tenth of the way through the season. So all of this stuff is very preliminary. Uh, but it, it's fun. Basketball is fun this year. Scoring is up. Um, that's something that the commissioner does not have a problem with. I'm sure the fans don't either. Um, just last night, actually, you had uh, Sacramento put up uh, 146 points on uh, uh, Atlanta, uh, which was billed as uh, De'Aaron Fox uh, versus Trey Young battle. Uh, Trey Young had a nice game, 14 and 10, 14 points, 10 assists, man. But De'Aaron Fox picked up his first triple double last night. Uh, he finished with 31 points, 15 assists, and 10 rebounds. Oh, uh, but. Again, a whopping 146 points for the Kings. Uh, but like I said, Trey Young had a nice game as well. He had 14 and 10, which is not bad. Uh, but with Atlanta, man, anytime Jeremy Berlin is your leading scorer, uh, you're probably bound to take a loss. So uh, they're rebuilding over there. Um, so, But that's a good matchup. That's a, that's a great matchup we'll look forward to seeing from years. And I think it kind of speaks volumes uh, to, the, to the amount of talent you know, in the point guard position in the NBA, when you have a guy like De'Aaron Fox, who's, who's been balling this year, but he's kind of flying underneath the radar, um, especially in the West. You have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of good point guards in the West. So uh, let's keep an eye on De'Aaron Fox. Let's see how he does um, year two. He, he's improving. You had a that good, he was a part of that rookie class last year with, uh, you know, Alonzo, Dennis Smith, um, you know, my man Frank with the Knicks. Um, there's a lot of good point guards. Donovan Mitchell, you know, who's a good, you know, combo guard. There was a lot of lead guards in that draft last year. Uh, so we're just, we want to continue to watch their growth. And uh, But De'Aaron Fox, man, he's definitely been balling this year. All right. So without further ado, um, we'll go ahead and get into our first interview of the evening. Well, actually, this will be our only interview this evening. Uh, we'll be talking to Ocean Lake senior defensive back Tavion Tank Land. He's a University of Maryland football commit. Um, he's the, the Dolphins just capped off an unbeaten regular season. Uh, they'll be the number one seed with home field advantage um, during the Class 6 playoffs. Uh, so let's give it up for Tavion Land. Tank. Yo. Welcome, welcome, man. How you doing? Good. All right. This is uh for those that don't know, uh just tell us, you know, tell the listeners who you are and you know why you're somebody that's important to know. Uh, uh I'm Tavion Lynn. Go to Ocean Lakes High School. I play defensive bat and I feel like I'm important because I can play I feel like I can play all positions on the field at any right. time. Man, no come on man, don't be so modest. Come on, man. First of all, University of Maryland commit, uh, one of the top players in the area, man. That's that's what we need to hear. We don't need to hear that modest Tavion. We need to hear Tank. Uh, I mean, I'm the same person. <laughs> I got you. So first of all, first of all, let's uh tell us how how did you get the name Tank? <laughs> I get this a lot. Um, when I was born, I had a a when I came out my mom so. <laughs> My uncle's just named me Tank. I had a tank head. Gotcha. And he's just something that just stuck, huh? 
Yeah. Got you, got you, man. So, um, you know, just going back, you know, to your start of your, your high school career, it's kind of been kind of been up and down. You know, you started out at Ocean Lakes and you guys had a good run, you know, your freshman year, uh, going over to Bishop for two years, then, you know, coming back to Ocean Lakes for your last year. Uh, what kind of feeling would it be to, you know, kind of cap everything off with a state championship this year? Uh, it was great going through all this, doing two years without uh, playing in a playoff game. So it'll feel great uh, just playing for a state championship this year. And when you um, – like you say, it's, you know, it's been two years since you had an opportunity to even compete in the, in the postseason. Uh, just how did it feel, you know, seeing other players and other teams in the area compete and you guys are kind of just chilling? I mean, it kind of hurt because it's like, dang, that could have been me out there playing for a play like a playoff game and state state title or that. But it is what it is. I'm here now, so Right. Did you uh at, at every point did you did that kind of make you regret your decision to go to Bishop? Uh not not really, because at the same time I still was playing great competition. So that also prepared me for like college and like the school work and all that stuff. So Right. Uh, what did you say the biggest thing you took away from those two years at Bishop? Biggest thing? Yeah. Just competing for a title. That's it. Right. And just um, how how was the transition playing against guys, you know, you know, playing against tougher competition, you know, when you guys playing against, you know, guys from the, uh, you know, the D.C. private schools compared to, you know, some of the schools here? I mean, it changed a lot. It changed a lot. Like, Public school ball now, you see some good athletes here and there. But the private school, I had great competition, like, every game, all the time. Right. Did it kind of help in practice, you know, when you're going against a guy like Kalen LeBorn and, you know, some of the other, you know, top flight guys you guys had on Bishop? Oh, yeah, of course. Always, always. Right. All right, just um, getting over to this year, though, just uh, kind of veering towards, you know, this year's postseason. You guys have already locked up the number one seed. Uh, you're unbeaten, ten and zero. Uh, but you know, a lot of people around here they still, you know, still think the road goes through Oscar Smith and six A. Do you think that's fair to say? What's fair to say? Uh, as far as people, a lot of people still thinking the road through six A, you know, goes through Oscar Smith, at least around here anyway. No, you don't think so. No. There's been, uh, you know, when you when you had Bishop, man, there was a lot of talk about, you know, you guys potentially playing Oscar Smith, maybe in the benefit game or something like that. Those guys kind of said you were scared. They said y'all were scared of man. How, how much truth is there to that? They said we were scared. They said y'all were scared of Bishop. They said y'all didn't want to play them. First of all, we didn't even have enough games scheduled for us to be scared to play somebody. Right. And we right. play IMG. Well, why would we be scared to play Oscar Smith type? <laughs> hey, that's just the talk, man. Like, you know, on this show, we just, you know, yeah. we just want to get the real out. Man. It don't even make sense. We play St. Francis and IMG, and we scared to play Oscar Smith. Okay, Oscar Smith. How do you, well, let's say y'all did play back, you know, back in the, you know, back in your Bishop days. How do, how do you think it would have went? Because they, they did have a good team now. It would have been fun. Matter of fact, it would have been fun. Right, right. Um. The, your, the most exciting player in 757, who do, who would you think it is besides yourself? Who would you say the most exciting player is? But like in the 757? Or... Yeah, just in this area. I have to go with my brother, Tavion Robinson. Tavion Robinson, you guys had a chance to match up early this year. Um, how was it matching up with him? It was straight. Our whole game plan was just a little shut him down. We shut him down the game mode. Right. 
Now, let's say, um, let's say, now let's just say, let's throw this out there. Let's say if he was on Ocean Lakes, how do you think it would be if you guys, you know, on the same team? It's crazy because I was just with him last night and we was talking about that. And I told him it's not too late. Like, you still can come. <laughs> right. Good. Little Brequan situation going on. Huh? Yeah. That's going to be crazy. Like, we'll, we're live going to state run, I believe. But right. still can this year. Right. Absolutely. Um, so you definitely that's the toughest player you you've had to check locally. What about out you know in your whole career? Who was the toughest player you had to play? Uh, I had to check or like play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toughest player you had to check. Um, uh, I'll go back to my first year at Bishop at at Powery. It was some dude from Holland Springs. Okay, gotcha. Seven, but I can't remember the top of my head like who I had to cover. I mean, that's interesting, right? Because you guys, like you said, you play IMG, you play St. Francis, but, like, out of all those receivers, <laughs> the one you can remember, you know, is the guy from Highland Spring, which is a public school. So that, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Interesting you said that. Um, what about your dad, man? I know you guys are real close. Uh, you know, he played defensive back at the high school level. How much help is it just having him around and being able to give you advice? Uh, it's a lot of help. He he did for me, but I don't tell him that he. I tell him I don't be give him props or nothing. He's supposed to do that, like. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know you guys always y'all always been real competitive. What's like the, the craziest thing y'all ever competed in? Uh, the craziest thing. Um, if we did, we did a lot. Like it, it can be, it can be racing and. Somewhere it don't matter what it is. We'll be doing something dumb and make it into a competition. <laughs> oh man. How does your uh I know your mom, you know your mom and your sister around, like how how is that with the them girls being around? Are they competitive too? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. They just be cooling though, but they straight gotcha. gotcha. You got a um pretty big family, you know, a lot of you guys are involved in sport. Like, how was it growing up, you know, being one of the youngest guys and, you know, competing against your older cousin, you know, like Terion and, you know, some of those guys? Uh, It was good, for real, for real. You know, I was the young dog seeing all them compete and doing all this, and they used to work with me a lot. Right. Talk me a little bit, but, you know what I mean? It happens. It's whatever. Right. What do you take – Um. What do you take? I, I know you used to, uh, you know, kind of talk about guys like Quinn Blandon and the guys that came at Bayside, you know, while you were at Bayside Middle School. What did you take, you know, from them when you were growing up? Uh, dog mentality. Right. Right. Do you think that's something that's particularly important, you know, being that you're a shorter cornerback? Yeah, no questions. After the PA game, one of the coaches was like, you make me laugh, man. You play like you sit three. I said I got, I got to. <laughs> right, right. And I know, like uh, people that don't know, may not know. You know, you were previously committed to uh, Virginia Tech. You know, as a sophomore, uh, but you chose to decommit. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk that they're not particularly fond of. You know, shorter cornerbacks. Is that a reason that you know you chose to look in other direction? Uh, yeah. Got you. So when you see them, you know, I'm not gonna, you know. Well, you know, I keep it real. So when you see them getting bombed, you know, first game of the season against Florida State or, you know, whatever is the case, when you see their cornerbacks getting bombed, do you take pride in that, knowing that you could help them? I mean, I just shake my head. I mean, it ain't nothing I can do with it. I ain't go force nobody to call me for me to get up there. Right. So how did you end up um, committing to Maryland? 
how did that decision come about? Coach Lazar and Coach Beatty. Coach Beatty actually came and saw me every day when I was at the private school. Keep right. it real with me. Everybody else was just looking over my head. Right. So did they tell you was it was there any talk about them guaranteeing you like like playing time as far as you know being a you know a fresh incoming freshman or is it more just you wanted to compete had an opportunity to compete? I'm always I'm always compete regardless, but they did say if I come to play, then I will see the field early. Got you. Um, so the decision to attend Maryland, you know, of course, they've been in the news a lot lately, the football program. You know, I'm not sure if that's something you care to comment on, but um, has that ever led to you to rethink your decision? Uh, kind of. It's like, it's like the program right now is very unstable. So I don't want to go in as a freshman to a, like a, a unstable program. But then again, it's like, it is what it is. It happens. Right. So. Right. So is there, would there be any visits uh, prior to you signing with Maryland or are you still kind of up in the air? I'm I'm up in the air right now. I'm gonna sit down and think about it. Gotcha. All right. So the uh, playoffs right around the corner. Oh, I'm sorry. Matter of fact, going back to Maryland, there's a, a few of your former teammates on on Maryland right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who you got up there? Taj, uh, Tyler DeSue, and Brianna and Brandon Gaddy. Gotcha. How often do you uh, get a chance to talk to those guys? I talk to them like. Not too, not too much. I'm talking like every month or two. Got you, got you. Uh, playoffs right around the corner, man. What kind of mindset you got right now? The mindset is to go one and know every week. One and know, win by one. Right. How tough is it, uh, competing, man, without uh Jake, without Jake Lowe? You know, your longtime friend. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I played with him since I was in the fifth grade. We always play with each other this this whole ride, this whole journey. And for him to get hurt and can't play his senior year, it, it kind of hurt. But it happens, and I'm going to uh, try and get this title for him. All right. How's he doing right now? Uh, he, he actually good. He still on a crutch right now, but he's straight. Gotcha. Um, do you guys know anything about potential matchups yet or anything like that? Uh, first round is supposed to be the winner. It's supposed to be Grassford or Kellum. Grassford or Kellum. I think you guys played Kellum a lot. How did you all do against them last time? Uh, it was our first game. We came out 28-0. That was a game you scored, what, a couple touchdowns? Had I think you had a, a pick pick six. Yeah, I had two picks. Ooh, ooh. Come on, man. So you can't be modest. It's hard to be modest with stats like that, man. It's hard to be modest with stats like that. You, you come on. So let, let's let's say this: the all-time winner, Player of the Year voting is tonight. Who who get the vote? Who should be the Player of the Year? Of course, I'm gonna say me. Nope. All right, why you? So why you? Why me? Guys, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> what what do you offer that nobody else? What, all right, why that nobody else in the area can offer? Uh, a lot. I'm different from a lot. But people just look over because of my height. Mm-hmm. But I can make plays, make some out of nothing. Right. Uh, something that's unique about you, you're a shutdown defensive back, but you also play wide receiver. Um, I know, like, Richard Sherman used to play wide receiver in college, and he said it helped him with his transition to defensive back in the pros. Is that kind of the same thing, you know, yeah. does it help you as well? Yeah, it do. Got you. What, what's the biggest thing that helps with? Uh, alignment. 
What do you mean as far as alignment? You know, for the uh, for the football dummies like myself, what do you mean when you talk about alignment? Alignment, like as a receiver, if I know like if I'm lined up outside the hash or on the hash or I'm too tight or I'm outside outside the umbers, then like I know what kind of route he's going to do or what he's trying to do. Got you. What's the one thing, the one attribute that you think can make or break a defensive back? Uh, uh, if you, I, I I believe in technique over everything. Okay. Be regardless if, if you stay true to your, your technique and over top of everything, it beats it beats everything. Right. Got you. Um, going back to the player of the year award, you're definitely in the running for it. Um, you know, you have my vote voting. You definitely have my vote if I had one. Uh, but did you think you had a solid shot at the award coming into this season? I mean. Not really, because I was gone for two years in my freshman year. I was, you know, a freshman, so right. I was gone. Now I'm coming back, you know, and my stats are not like like that, like that. Right. I was all hitting screens and stuff, so. Right. Oh, that sounds like a shot. Is that a shot? Huh? That sounds like a shot. Was that a shot? No, nah, I didn't know shot. <laughs> sound like a shot. Uh, So... Matter of fact, man, let's 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 talk about this because you got a lot of guys, you know, they can't. I call them camp guys, you know, the four or five star guys, but they just look good in t shirts in the summertime. Yeah. Uh, you you think you think that's might be a reason why you don't get a lot more respect either? Probably because I go to no camps. I I stopped going to camps my sophomore year. Right. Why Why did you stop? I mean, I felt like it was it was it won't pointless, but at the same time, it was because I was just going. I was going to get some work for myself, but they don't really like evaluate people. They already know who's going to get this, get that. Right. So, what advice would you get to like young players that's just entering into the recruiting process? You know, that's looking for a particular camp to go to, and you know, kind of how to navigate that process early. I mean, I'm gonna tell them. I'm gonna be real with them. I'm gonna tell them what I went through. But if you right. want to go to get some work, then go ahead. Right. Who are some other uh, defensive backs? Um, you know, on the high school level, just, you know, it could be locally or, you know, somebody in the nation that you kind of look at as somebody that's real good. That's real good. Like right now. Or like yeah. Somebody. Yeah. Somebody that you respect, somebody that you respect as a, as a DB. I, res- man, I don't even know. I can't even think at the top of my head. <laughs> what about some of the guys you play with? I know you play on 707. What about some of the guys you play 707 with on, you know, on other teams? Are they teams? Yeah. Uh, of course, my bro Sheridan, Keon, in the car. Trey Clark, he played with me actually. He from Richmond, played for Manchester. Okay. Yeah, that's my guy right there. Got you, got you. What about quarterback wise? Because I know you, you know, I, I don't know if you like Jalen Ramsey. You know, you think every quarterback is garbage, but are there any quarterbacks you respect? No. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. All right, uh, who is your favorite current NFL DB? Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills, Philly Eagles. You Eagles fan? Yeah. Oh my God! I tell your dad. I can't believe your dad did that to you, man. That's terrible. Uh, what about college? Your favorite college DB? Uh, I don't really. Not for real. I just like Jalen Mills. Gotcha. So that's your favorite current. NFL DB. What about all time? Like uh, old boy from LSU. His name Greedy or something. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's tough. He's tough. Yeah. LSU. That's DBU, man. That's, that's DBU. Yeah. They always they's always pumping out something. 
Uh, what about all time DB? Who's your favorite? All time? Yeah. Darrell Reeves. I knew you was gonna say that. I mean, you because you've actually been saying that since like eighth grade. So I, I was just kind of waiting on that. One on one all time matchup. Who would you, what receiver would you like to face? All time, I like I I go against AB. AB, how do you think that matchup would go? Oh no, because he's fast, so I gotta stay true to my technique. With a, with a receiver like that, you know that one of those quick receivers like a AB or uh, Odell. Like, how do you how what kind of technique do you use with those guys? Be patient. Right, just be patient. Be patient. All right, man. Uh, what kind of music are you listening to before a game? Who are you listening to? Before a game, like yeah. on a push ride and stuff, I'll be listening to, like Young Boy, Lil Dirt, all that. But when we go out and come back in, the coach is outside talking the song. I listen to Beyonce. Gotcha. I t- hold up, Beyonce. Why? Why Beyonce? Cause I don't know. It's just a beat like that beat can get me thinking about all the. Stuff that happened in my life. Oh no, it's just it's just something about that. It's just something about that. It sounds like you're a ladies man. You're a ladies man, Tank. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, that's right. All right, so the people that's trying to find you on social media, uh, give them your handle, your Twitter, your Instagram name. Uh, my Twitter is ESPN Tank with three Ks. My Instagram name is Tavion Land. All right, Tank. Uh, thank you for uh, calling in tonight and just look forward to keeping up with you in the postseason. And, uh, like I said, man, you get my vote. Ty with the player of the year. Appreciate it. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Wow, that was an amazing interview with Tank, man. Uh, be sure to check those guys out. Ocean Lakes will be in action next week uh, in the Classics uh, first round. So be sure to check them out. And Tank definitely has our vote for Tyler the Player of the Year. Awesome player, uh, dominates the, the you know both sides of the ball. So uh, we look forward to seeing, um, you know, see if Ocean Lakes can close the deal this year. All right, so moving on to the inaugural Legacy Bowl. Uh, you never heard of it? Hmm. So the Legacy Bowl, what is it? Uh, it'll be played on Saturday, December 29th in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, it'll be three games. So we have a fifth and sixth grade game. We have a seventh and eighth grade game. And we have a high school senior game. Uh, each one of those games would be played under a DMV versus North Carolina format. Uh, so we're looking looking forward to, you know, a very exciting event. Um, we have a lot of great talent coming in. You know, uh, North Carolina is very excited. Uh, talking mad trash. Talking mad trash to the uh, VA DMV people, so uh, we're gonna have to try to we're gonna have to try to spruce up this DMV team because I know North Carolina they're bringing it. Um, just talking to the coaches from the North Carolina side, they're they're uh, they're li- really looking forward to it and and trying to bring some of their best guys to you know try to get some exposure and and have the opportunity to compete against our VA boys down here. So we look forward to this event, man. We look forward to it. We uh Tank is actually on the watch list for the DMV team. A uh, few other guys, uh, Xander Jetlick, who's a quarterback at Ocean Lakes. Uh, but this is a lot of talent, a lot of talent. We actually have NC State. Um, we have an NC State commit on the North Carolina side, I believe. I think we have a Virginia Tech commit, uh, East Carolina commit. So we have there's a lot of talent in the game, uh, especially for a first event. Uh, you really won't find, you know, you won't find more talent than we have in this first one. Um, it's the first one on the I-64 Sports. Uh, so a lot of media be out there, um, just like we do with our basketball events. Definitely expect a lot of media. Uh, the city of Norfolk was, you know, is behind the event. So 
Um, but if you would like to register for, for the event, you can go visit www.i64sports.weebly.com. Again, if you would like to register for any of one of the games that's being played on the Legacy Bowl, you can go visit www.i64sports.weebly.com. And if you click on the events tab, uh, the fourth, I'm sorry, the inaugural Legacy Bowl um, registration will pop up. Um, now, the event is first come, first serve. So, um, you know, if you're a quarterback and you want to play quarterback in the Legacy Bowl, I advise you to register right now. Not now, but like right now, because um, there are only a certain amount of uh, spots that are, that are allotted for each position. So uh, if you're one of those players that, you know, want to get want to play in a game, make sure you register ASAP. ASAP and it's very um affordable game. Um it's very much affordable game and it's gonna be a great experience. So just stay stay in touch with us, stay tuned and you know keep it locked. We'll keep you posted. All right, moving on. College football. Uh the BCS released their top four. They released their top four teams, and no surprise to anybody that follows college football. Alabama's right on at the top, eight and Uh Clemson. Clemson is number two. They're also eight and oh. Uh, but this is kind of where things get tricky. We have drumroll LSU at number three. Um, LSU seven and one. They have wins over number six Georgia, uh, number eighteen Mississippi State. So they have two good quality wins, but they have a loss to a two loss Florida team. Uh, so, uh, that's that's kind of interesting when they're at number three, and then you have an unbeaten uh, Notre Dame team that's sitting at number four who have wins over uh, number five, Michigan, uh, Stanford, and Virginia Tech, who were all ranked at the time. So not sure. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Your guess is good as mine. But, you know, I think just looking at, you know, just the eyeball test, I mean, there's no way that Notre Dame is not one of the top three teams in the country right now. Uh, They're really, really playing good, real good football and uh, Brian Kelly has really turned things around since, you know, he first came on, came on and, you know, took the job at Notre Dame. Uh, things are a lot different now. Uh, one thing you will see about the Irish and something that uh, Coach Kelly alluded to a couple of weeks ago is that the athleticism wasn't there uh, when he took the job. And if you remember, uh, I'm not sure, I'm at Notre Dame. Oh, man, who did they play in this championship that year? Was it uh, Oregon? So Oregon, Alabama, but... He said that first year, just the athleticism wasn't there. And he just he knew that competing against the SEC schools, you know, they would have to have a certain level of athleticism and, you know, he would have to change the roster. And that's something that he's been able to do. Um, and I've, I kind of watched firsthand. I, I was able to see uh, Notre Dame play Virginia Tech last year. So I kind of saw firsthand, you know, the amount of things that he's done and how he's kind of turned over that roster in, you know, a short amount of time. So, um, yeah, man, so you got your, that's your top four. I can say top four, Alabama at one, Clemson at two, LSU at three, Notre Dame at four, um, Michigan at five. Uh, you got to know Ohio State is coming. Ohio State is coming. Georgia right there, number six. Uh, they're coming. Um, UCF, we'll see how much love they get. You know, that's always been an issue. The teams outside of the Power Five schools, because um, that's why we're supposed to have the, the college playoff system. So we'll see, you know, how much credit UCF gets if, you know, if they do run the table. All right. So uh, that's that's interesting. So we'll have to um, we'll definitely have to pay close attention to that. Um, but, man, um, 
like I said, we just look forward to a good weekend. It'll be a lot of good good games this weekend. So make sure you're watching your college football, your NFL. Um, the, I know the Dallas Cowboys, they have an announcement scheduled today. Um, supposedly something big uh, hasn't been determined whether it's good news or bad news. So, uh, you know, with Jerry Jones, is, is always a show. It's always something. So uh, stay tuned. Today, I believe the press conference is supposed to go on about noonish, um, right around the time, you know, right around lunchtime for a lot of people. So uh, stay tuned to that, man. But also make sure you guys are following us, uh, you know, on Anchor, of course, but we're also on Stitcher. Uh, we're on podcasts. Uh, we're waiting to approve to get on Apple Music and uh, Google Podcasts. So uh, just be sure you, you tune in, man. We'll be here. Um, we drop in noon, probably drop every day at noon. Uh, the last year of podcast, we're always going to have some great guests, but don't just expect it to be about sports. Uh, we'll be talking about a lot of great stuff. We'll bring in, uh, you know, some community leaders. Uh, we'll bring in some people in an education field. So we're just going to do a lot of things to, you know, to guys keep you up to date and just make this an interesting podcast. That you guys want to come back to again and again and again and again. <laughs>